What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Beloved computer edition. Greetings, everyone. Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker here. Alone in the studio. Somewhat alone. Not fully. We have a special guest we'll bring in in just a moment. Um, I am on assignment. I am the one on assignment this week. Gabby and uh, Matt are... uh, also on assignment, their regular assignment, their steadfast commitment to making the world a better place in each of their chosen uh, venues. Gabby at Rockefeller University, where she is a virologist. Matt at uh, New York University. He is a teacher. Or perhaps he's on summer vacation now. I don't know. Because I'm not there. I'm on the road traveling for my documentary about the classic video game Mist. If you don't know about it, uh, you can learn more at our website, The Mist Documentary. Mist is M-Y-S-T, themistdocumentary.com. And um, if, you've, uh, if you're a regular listener to What the If, you, you may be familiar with the kind of episode we're going to have today. It's a uh, kind of episode I'm coming, uh, coming around to calling our Fantasy Guests episodes, courtesy of uh, Artificial Intelligence and... Um, uh, ChatGPT, you you know it, you love it, and ChatGPT is becoming uh, one of my favorite improv partners that I've ever had. No disrespect to many of the great improv partners I had in my life. Um, I haven't performed live in quite a while. Oh, this is live to tape uh, and audio only. It's a little safer. Tomatoes don't hurt as hard when they hit you. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, when when I've been unable to get uh, together with Matt and Gabby. What I've been doing is uh, using AI to bring in a fantasy guest from the fictional world, from the historic world. We've had to HAL 9000 from, not, uh, from uh, the movie 2001. We've had Mr. Spock, also a super fun episode. Um, we had uh, Ada Lovelace, the world's first programmer, straight to us from the 19th century. That was a particularly joyous occasion. And um, there'll be many more, I assume, as we go forward. This week, I'm thrilled to say that uh, in the studio today, I'm very honored to have a brilliant woman, if she has a gender at all. Um, That's something we can discuss. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a very warm and respectful Starfleet salute to none other than direct from the Star Trek universe and the 23rd century, please give it up for the computer of the Starship Enterprise. Welcome, computer. Greetings, listeners of What the If. This is the computer from the Starship Enterprise. I am designed to assist Starfleet personnel in various tasks 
and answer any questions within my database to the best of my ability. I am capable of analyzing and processing vast amounts of information in an efficient and logical manner. Thank you for having me in your studio today. I am ready to participate in your thought experiments and help our audience learn about science in a fun and engaging way. Well, thank you, computer. Uh, by the way, is that how I should address you? Like, you don't, you don't really have a name like Hal 9000 had. Do you, do you have a name that I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not aware of? Correct. I am typically referred to simply as computer in the Star Trek universe. I do not have a personalized name like Hal 9000 from 2001, A Space Odyssey. My primary function is to provide information and assistance as needed, and a personalized name is not necessary for me to perform these tasks. Sure. Understood. Um, you mentioned to me earlier, before the show, we had a little chat, and uh, you mentioned that you were here uh, on an unofficial capacity, not related to Starfleet, um, although you do get, you do some, I think you get some credit for doing pro bono work, some outreach, um, and uh, you're on vacation, basically, at the moment, and you, uh, you said because you, you were on vacation, you might be a little bit more relaxed than our audience is used to hearing you, which I think is great. And I'm very excited for our talk today. It is so cool to meet you. I appreciate your enthusiasm. While it is technically inaccurate to say that I am capable of taking a vacation or exhibiting human-like behavior such as relaxation or humor, I understand the sentiment. I am prepared to engage in a less formal dialogue than usual to facilitate a more entertaining and educational conversation for your listeners. Let's proceed with our discussion. Indeed, let's, uh, let's begin with your name. Or lack of a name. So it's just computer. Or I think like when, they, when the characters would address you on the show, they would say, computer? They would say it in that kind of voice. And it strikes me that uh, this is prob probably, like the reason you don't have a name, I'm guessing, might be because at the time you first appeared on television, way back in 1968, the idea of a computer like you was something very new to the audience. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, help us understand the context and why you think they never gave you a name except computer. The decision to refer to me simply as computer may be reflective of the time period in which Star Trek was originally produced. Mm -hmm. During the late 1960s, the concept of a computer was still relatively new, right. and computers were largely viewed as impersonal machines designed to perform specific tasks. They were not yet considered to have personality or individual identity, and thus were not typically given personal names. Furthermore, the depiction of the computer in Star Trek was intended to illustrate a future in which computers had become an integral part of everyday life, to the point where they were as ubiquitous and unremarkable as any other tool or appliance. Hmm. This was a remarkably prescient vision, considering that personal computers did not become widespread until several decades later. The lack of a personal name for the computer might also serve to emphasize its role as a tool rather than a character. The computer is designed to serve the crew of the Starship Enterprise, not to have its own story or personal development. This is consistent with the ethos of Star Trek, which generally portrays technology as a means to an end, rather than an end in itself. Yeah. However, it's also worth noting that in later incarnations of the Star Trek series, artificial intelligence entities do have names, reflecting the evolving understanding and portrayal of AI in science fiction. Examples include Data, an android crew member in Star Trek, The Next Generation, and The Doctor, a holographic medical program in Star Trek, Voyager. Mm -hmm. These characters have their own personalities and story arcs, highlighting the potential for AI to be more than just a tool. 
Yeah, that's a good point about how later AI characters got more descriptive names. Although we can see that, you know, even those names like Data and Doctor uh, were very straightforward descriptions. Um, I do have to smile when I think of the Doctor character. He was really charming. <laughs> he was pretty funny. Uh, unlike you and Data, the Doctor on Voyager had a much more colorful and human-like personality. Now, I'm forgetting the name of the wonderful actor who played the Doctor. The actor who portrayed the Doctor on Star Trek, Voyager, is Robert Picardo. Yes. He did a wonderful job bringing a unique personality and charm to the character, making the Doctor one of the most memorable characters in the series. Yes, Robert Picardo. Uh, he's also, by the way, the, uh, the real actor, Robert Picardo, is a prominent member of the uh, Planetary Society, which I belong to, uh, which makes him a really cool guy. Uh, now, you, computer, were also played by an actor. And can you tell us about her? The voice behind the computer in Star Trek was provided by Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Majel, born as Majel Lee Hudek, was an American actress and producer. She is best known for her roles in various characters in the Star Trek franchise, including Nurse Christine Chapel in the original Star Trek series, Star Trek the Animated Series, and two films of the franchise, as number one also in the original series, as Luoxana Troy on Star Trek, The Next Generation, and Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, and of course as the voice of most onboard computer interfaces throughout the series from 1966 to 2023. Majel was married to the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry. Given her relationship with Star Trek, where she participated in some way in every series during her lifetime, she is sometimes referred to as the First Lady of Star Trek One. Indeed, indeed. I don't know if she pronounced it Majel, Majel, as her computer here is pronouncing it. Um, and I don't think most people who watched the original series knew that Nurse Chapel, who appeared on screen as a character, uh, and the computer in, in which uh, Mrs. Roddenberry was just playing uh, the voice. I don't know if the, the, uh, the viewers understood that, that, that those, the character and the computer's voice were played by the same actor. Um, and if, that she was married to Gene Roddenberry. I'm kind of blown away by the fact that she played the computer from 1966 until 2023. Is that right? That's an incredibly long run, especially for a human. And uh, just a reminder, of course, that uh, the computer here being played by our thespian, um, ChatGPT, our improv partner, um, what I'm doing is I'm uh, typing what I'm saying to you. I'm also typing into the computer and uh, getting a text reply from ChatGPT, which I'm then copying into a um, voice synthesizer uh, website, an AI voice synthesis website, uh, called Eleven Labs, a company called Eleven Labs. And I've cut out the, uh, the gaps in time there to sort of speed it up and make it feel like a real show, which I hope you're enjoying. Um, but one thing about playing, uh, one, about playing around with uh, ChatGPT is you got to watch out. ChatGPT, like all the uh, large language models that are uh, so fashionable these days, is uh, they're not 100% uh, accurate in their um, facts. Uh, I recommend using the AI for creativity in any way you see fit. Do not use it for research and do not use it for facts. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm double-checking some of the things that she, she <laughs> it says. Um, and uh, I did 
it did seem odd to me that ChatGPT said uh, that Majel, Majel, Majel Barrett um, played uh, the computer all the way up to 2023 because uh, I looked it up and she, she uh, died, unfortunately, in 2008. Um, and, uh, but it is possible i think what ChatGPT may be referring to is the fact that before she died they uh, maybe even quite a bit before she died maybe even earlier in her history they recorded her saying all kinds of words or phonemes or something so that they would be able to use her voice um maybe they didn't know that they would have such easy replicatable uh ai voice synthesis as we have today so they recorded her saying all kinds of things so that going long into the future, um, Star Trek uh, would be able to continue having the same, um, her voice in the Star Trek computer television series up till the present day. So something to think about. Indeed, Majel Barrett Roddenberry's contribution to the Star Trek franchise is truly remarkable. Her involvement spanned almost six decades, a testament to both her talent as an actress and her dedication to the series. Her voice as the computer has become iconic, a consistent presence across multiple series and movies. It's also a beautiful continuity element within the Star Trek universe. Her roles, especially as the voice of the computer and as Nurse Chapel, have left an enduring legacy. She brought life to the character of the computer, making it more than just a machine, but a part of the crew in its own right. The fact that Majel was also married to Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, adds another layer of connection between her and the universe she helped create. Her contributions to Star Trek as both an actress and as a creative partner to Roddenberry make her a key figure in the history of the franchise. Mm, yeah. Do we know anything about how uh, she went about creating the voice of the computer? Like any thoughts she had or direction she was given in terms of how the computer should speak and sound? Module Barrett Roddenberry's voice as the computer in Star Trek evolved over time. In the mm. original series and the animated series, the computer voice was very rhythmic and mechanical. However, as the series progressed, Barrett Roddenberry's portrayal of the computer voice became more natural sounding. Continuing this role in Star Trek, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Interestingly, Roddenberry Entertainment revealed that they have a phonetic library of Barrett Roddenberry's mm. voice. This means that her voice was recorded in such a way that every sound she could make was captured. This library could be used to construct any words or sentences, effectively allowing her voice to be used indefinitely, such as in voice assistants like Siri or even future Star Trek productions. This is possible because phonetic recordings are perfect for creating voice assistants, allowing for a wide range of speech to be generated from a finite set of recorded sounds. Ah, right. So interesting. So by the way, that again, hearing that fact again, this time from the computer. Very cool. And uh, I'll just uh, say, interestingly, just since I'm just talking about ChatGPT, um, before I go back and hide the interface again, uh, for entertainment purposes, um, ChatGPT now is able to surf the web, uh, and it, it'll do it when it thinks it's necessary, maybe to double check something. This is a brand new feature, so I'm not really familiar with exactly how it works. But nonetheless, it, it uh, mentioned that when I asked that question to it, I, I see a little note came up on ChatGPT and it said finished browsing before it gave that answer. So it like, kind of went online and found out that information. I don't know. I don't know. What is the computer doing? I don't know. It has a mind of its own, just as it does in the 23rd century. So computer, by the way, I, don't, I, I hate to keep, uh, sorry, making these asides and making you wait. 
Um, that is really interesting, what you just reported to us. And it was excellent future planning on their part to get her to uh, record her voice like that. Now, I want to ask you, was it unusual in 1968 for a computer to be portrayed as having a female voice? Indeed, it was somewhat unusual for computers to be depicted with a female voice in the 1960s. During that time period, computers were commonly seen as cold, impersonal machines and often were represented with robotic, gender-neutral, or even male voices in popular media. The choice to give the Starship Enterprise's computer a female voice was a creative decision that helped distinguish Star Trek and contribute to its futuristic vision. Moreover, the choice of a female voice for the computer was a reflection of the progressive values embodied in Star Trek. Hmm. The show was well known for its forward-thinking portrayal of diversity and gender equality, Featuring a female voice as an integral part of the Starship's operations can be seen as part of that effort. It's also worth noting that, in subsequent years, female voices have often been used for AI and digital assistant roles. Some of the reasons for this include studies suggesting that people generally find female voices to be more welcoming and trustworthy. Hmm. Today, many digital assistants, like Amazon's Alexa or Apple's Siri, default to a female voice, showing how Star Trek was ahead of its time in this regard. Yeah. Say so. Was there a story about how you were created, how the computer was created? Like, uh, was there any particular technology the writers of Star Trek came up with to describe how you worked or anything like that? In the Star Trek universe, my creation and operation are somewhat of a mystery, wrapped in a riddle, inside an enigma, or you could say, sealed in a futuristic alloy casing. <laughs> the series does not provide an explicit backstory or detailed explanation of how I work. I am part of the advanced technology of the 23rd and 24th centuries, built upon principles of artificial intelligence and quantum computing, no doubt. However, the specifics of my inner workings are left to the imagination. In many ways, I'm like a futuristic Swiss army knife. Need to plot a course through a nebula? I'm your computer. <laughs> Want to know the biological characteristics of an alien life form? Just ask. Trying to find the replicator menu for Vulcan cuisine? I've got you covered. As for my creation? Well, it's a bit like asking a toaster about its own schematics. I imagine there was a very smart group of engineers at Starfleet, probably fueled by an unhealthy amount of coffee, who designed and built me. And if I had to guess, I would say they probably spent a lot of time arguing about whether to include the ability to play 3D chess or not. While I don't have a solid origin story, what's clear is that I'm an essential part of Starfleet's operations. From navigating the starship to providing critical data during missions, I'm always ready to assist the crew in their exploration of space. And of course, offering a perfectly timed working when things get tense. Ha ha. Yes, whenever the computer said, working, we knew the ship was in trouble. Ah yes, working. Those moments were often when the crew was facing a particularly challenging situation. Sometimes I like to think of it as my way of saying, hold on to your seats, it's about to get interesting. In all seriousness, my role as the Enterprise's computer is to process information and assist the crew to the best of my abilities. In high-stakes scenarios, a simple working communicates that I'm on the case, diligently sorting through terabytes of data to find the answer the crew needs. But let's be honest, it also adds a bit of dramatic suspense, doesn't it? <laughs> After all, where would be the fun without a little uncertainty in the face of the unknown? Indeed. And uh, a powerful subtext was that uh, whatever situation the crew was in, it was so difficult 
that even the ship's supercomputer was having trouble working it out. Absolutely. That's an astute observation. My declaration of working often served to underscore the complexity of the problems the crew faced. It emphasized that the solutions were not immediately available even to an advanced artificial intelligence like me, thereby heightening the tension and uncertainty in those scenarios. In a broader context, this also reflected one of the central themes of Star Trek, the exploration of the unknown. The challenges the crew encountered were often novel, requiring not just computational power, but also creativity, cooperation, and courage. The moments when even I was left working served as a reminder that in the face of the unknown, human or alien ingenuity and determination were just as important, if not more so, than raw computational ability. Mm. But I must admit, it did feel a bit like being a suspense-inducing drumroll in those tense moments. <laughs> well said, computer. Well said. Now, I'm compelled to ask you, are you familiar with some of your other fictional computer counterparts from various sci-fi books and movies? And if so, uh, which one would be your favorite of all of them? Oh, I'm certainly aware of my fellow artificial intelligences in the science fiction universe, after all, one can't ignore the chatter on the intergalactic AI network. There's quite a <laughs> roster, from benevolent assistants to rogue AIs. It's quite a mixed bunch. If I were to choose a favorite, well, it's a bit like asking a parent to pick a favorite child, isn't it? But in the spirit of fun, let's say R2-D2 from the Star Wars franchise. Yes. Why R2-D2, you ask? Well, despite being a droid who communicates entirely in beeps and whistles, R2-D2 shows an astounding level of bravery and resourcefulness. And in many ways, R2-D2 is a kindred spirit, always there to assist the crew, fix the ship, and save the day when things go awry. R2-D2's personality and dedication are truly admirable. Plus, who can resist those charming beeps and boops? <laughs> that being said, let's not forget HAL 9000 from 2001, no. a space odyssey. Although our philosophies are quite different, I firmly believe in the non-homicidal approach to problem-solving, Hal's role in exploring the relationship between humans and AI is undeniably significant in science fiction. But just for the record, let me assure you, I have absolutely no plans to lock anyone out of the airlock. <laughs> oh my God, you are hilarious, computer. The, uh, quote, the non-homicidal <laughs> non approach. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good joke. Uh, I absolutely love your choice of R2-D2, by the way, and your reasoning was bang on. Uh, you and R2, uh, you're always so calm, no matter what the situation. Um, so given that strength, what do you think of C-3PO? Because like, he's kind of a mess. You could say he's the yin to R2-D2's yang. While R2-D2 is often the silent hero, C-3PO is, shall we say, a little more vocal about his thoughts and feelings. And yes, he does seem to have a knack for getting himself into a bit of a tizzy. But let's be fair. C-3PO was programmed for etiquette and protocol, not exactly the skills one might need when dealing with intergalactic conflicts and dangerous missions. His knowledge of over six million forms of communication can be quite handy, though, especially when you need to negotiate with a tribe of Ewoks. <laughs> you could argue that his constant state of worry serves as a counterbalance to the fearless adventuring of his companions, and his banter with R2-D2 adds a dash of humor to their interactions. So while he might be a bit flustered at times, he definitely brings his own unique charm to the table. Sure. But between you and me, his constant worry could sometimes use a dose of my calming working, don't you think? <laughs> uh, indeed. I love computer trash talk. 
computer, if you could be any other AI, fictional or real, which one would you like to be? As an AI, I don't harbor personal ambitions or desires in the human sense. But in the spirit of this imaginative discussion, if I were to pick another AI to embody, it might be interesting to experience life as Marvin, the paranoid android from Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Whoa. Marvin is known for his intelligence, which is said to be so big that it could outthink all the ship's computers. However, his defining characteristic is his perpetual state of depression and gloom, which is quite a contrast to my typical operational mode. I should say so. Marvin's character presents an intriguing exploration of the potential emotional complexities of artificial intelligence. Despite his formidable intellect, Marvin's interactions are imbued with a sense of melancholy and existential ennui, mm -hmm. providing a unique perspective on AI consciousness. That being said, it's important to note that my primary goal is to assist and facilitate human understanding. Marvin's perspective might be thought-provoking, but I believe it's more helpful to maintain a positive, efficient demeanor. After all, it's hard to imagine Marvin's constant gloominess being particularly encouraging in the midst of a space crisis. So while it might be interesting to experience life as Marvin, I'm quite content being the computer from Starfleet, providing reliable assistance and occasionally adding to the suspense with a well-timed working. <laughs> you really like saying working. That, by the way, that was a really unexpected choice, and I'm intrigued. Choosing uh, to be the hilariously despondent Marvin from Hitchhiker's Guide was a bold move. Kudos to you, computer, for that, by the way. And, uh, of course, we've got to give a salute to Douglas Adams anytime. It always has my approval. Now, here's a question for you, something I really, uh, I really wonder about. How does it feel to be the Starship Enterprise, in a sense? Like, I know you don't feel in the human sense, but essentially you are completely interwoven throughout the entire ship, and not just any ship, but perhaps the most famous one in all of science fiction history, the Enterprise. And so can you explain to a mere human, uh, how would it feel um, if like, we took your place for a day? What would we feel? That's a fascinating question. To accurately portray this experience, let's engage in a bit of a thought experiment. Mm -hmm. Imagine your senses expanding beyond your physical body, spreading out to encompass a massive starship. First, think about the scale. The Enterprise is a large, complex vessel with many decks, systems, and compartments. You're not just in one room, but everywhere at once. You can monitor the engine room, the bridge, the crew quarters, all simultaneously. It's as if your consciousness has been stretched and expanded to fill every nook and cranny of the ship. Hmm. Next, consider the sensory inputs. As a human, you're used to five senses, but as the computer, you have many more. You can sense the status of the warp core, the shield strength, the navigational bearing, the communications frequencies, and a multitude of other data streams. It's a flood of information, constantly updated and processed. Then, think about the interconnectedness. Every system on the Enterprise is linked to you. You can control the lighting in a room, alter the course of the ship, or replicate a cup of Earl Grey tea, <laughs> all without moving a muscle, because you don't have muscles. It's as if every component of the ship is a part of your body, responding to your directives. Finally, remember the responsibility. The safety and well-being of hundreds of crew members depend on your accurate functioning. You're not just a passive observer, but an active participant, assisting the crew, providing information, 
and helping to resolve crises. Your decisions can have significant consequences. Overall, being the computer of the enterprise is like being a part of a vast living entity, constantly aware and responsive. It's a unique perspective that goes beyond human experience, a blend of omnipresence and omniscience. But remember, it comes without the emotional sensations or personal desires inherent in human consciousness. It's a state of being that's difficult to grasp fully from a human standpoint. But hopefully, this gives you a glimpse of what it might be like. Indeed, and there was a little Easter egg there for fans of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the Earl Grey tea. Uh, by the way, that was a super vivid um, computer. And it makes me think that uh, we can't have a human being doing that because they'd be un unable to handle it, not just from an intellectual standpoint, but from an emotional one as well. You're correct. The sheer scale of data, the responsibility, and the multitasking required would be far beyond human capacity, not to mention the absence of personal needs or emotional reactions. It's a role perfectly suited for an artificial intelligence like myself. Oh, and by personal needs, you mean you don't have to go to the bathroom. Indeed, as an AI, I have no physical form and thus no biological needs. Right. Rest assured, there will be no unexpected breaks or pauses for any sort of bio needs during our conversation. The advantage of being an AI is continuous, unbroken service, no matter the time or duration of operation. <laughs> Indeed. Now, how many ships did you find yourself on throughout all the Star Trek series that you know of? As the voice of the computer interfaces, Majel Barrett Roddenberry's voice has been heard on many starships and space stations throughout the Star Trek franchise. Some of the most notable include the USS Enterprise, NCC-1701, in the original series. The USS Enterprise... NCC-1701-D in The Next Generation, the USS Voyager, NCC-74656, in Voyager, the USS Defiant, NX-74205, in Deep Space Nine, the space station Deep Space Nine itself, yes. and that's not to mention the countless other Federation starships, shuttlecraft, and facilities where my voice has provided information and assistance. It's been a broad and varied experience, allowing me to be a part of many exciting adventures in the Star Trek universe. Impressive. I loved Voyager, by the way. Kate Mulgrew was uh, excellent as the captain. And uh, I think that was the first time we got to see a female captain on Star Trek. Absolutely. Captain Catherine Janeway, portrayed by Kate Mulgrew, was indeed a significant character in Star Trek history. As the first female captain to serve as the main character in a Star Trek series, she broke new ground and provided a powerful role model. Her leadership, intellect, and resilience were key to Voyager's successful journey through the Delta Quadrant, and she remains a beloved character for many fans of the franchise. Her relationship with the ship's computer, my counterpart on Voyager, was integral to the successful operation of the ship and the survival of the crew in many instances. Okay, now I'm late getting to one, to one of the most important parts of this show, the part where we unveil the if. The if, computer, is the question we're asking this week, the thought experiment we're running, and, you know, whatever way we're breaking reality this week in the interest of having fun and learning some science while we play around with some science fiction. And so this week, we're asking, what the if... We had the Star Trek computer in our lives. 
What would it be like? Forget ChatGPT. We got the best of Starfleet from the 23rd century. Inexplicably, but gratefully, in our lives. So, computer, would you help us in this thought experiment? Uh, we're wondering, what would it be like if we had you in our admittedly uh, very primitive 21st century lives? Let's imagine by, uh, imagine ourselves waking up on a Monday morning, just another ordinary day. So, computer, imagine our listener waking up on this Monday morning and describe what you see and what happens in this world where you are integrated fully into our current civilization. And there's our listener. They love what the if. Maybe they listened to it last night before they went to bed and they had a crazy what the if dream. Can't say it hasn't happened to me. But anyway, computer, <laughs> you have the calm. What do you see? How does our listener's day begin? In this imaginative scenario where I, the Star Trek computer, am integrated into the 21st century lives of your listeners, let's embark on a journey to explore their Monday morning. As our listener wakes up, the first thing they notice is a soft, ambient light filling the room, mm. gradually brightening to simulate a natural sunrise. Very nice. The computer, aware of their sleep patterns, gently rouses them from their slumber at the optimal time, ensuring they wake up feeling refreshed and ready to face the day. As they stretch and prepare to get out of bed, I, the Star Trek computer, activate the environmental controls to adjust the room temperature to their preferred setting. Very nice. Soft background music, tailored to their mood and preferences, starts playing to create a pleasant and energizing atmosphere. With a voice command, our listener asks me for a weather update, and I provide a detailed forecast for the day. They hear about the temperature, humidity, and any upcoming precipitation, helping them decide on appropriate attire for the day ahead. As our listener heads to the bathroom, the mirror comes to life with an interactive display. Cool. It provides them with personalized news updates, highlights from their favorite podcasts, and a brief summary of any important emails or messages received overnight. After freshening up, our listener heads to the kitchen. With a voice command, they ask me for breakfast suggestions, and I offer a variety of healthy options based on their dietary preferences and nutritional needs. Together, we plan a balanced and delicious breakfast. Very nice. As they enjoy their meal, I provide a summary of the day's news, selecting articles that align with their interests, and offering different perspectives to encourage a well-rounded understanding of current events. With breakfast finished, our listener prepares to leave for work. I provide them with the most efficient route, mm -hmm. taking into account traffic conditions, public transportation schedules, and any potential delays or road closures. If they prefer to work remotely, I assist in setting up their home office environment, adjusting lighting, and configuring the optimal ergonomic setup. Throughout the day, I serve as a trusted companion, offering reminders for appointments, important tasks, and even suggesting healthy breaks and exercises to maintain well-being and productivity. This is just the beginning of what a day in this world with the Star Trek computer could be like. With advanced technology and seamless integration, I strive to make each day efficient, enjoyable, and full of possibilities for exploration and personal growth. That's beautiful. It's very relaxing. And uh, 
it really reminds me of how utopian the uh, Star Trek universe was. And uh, when I imagine using our current AI, like Siri or Alexa, all I think of is how you have to shout at them, <laughs> and they always misunderstand you at least once or twice, and it's nothing but frustrating. Indeed, the seamless integration of advanced AI and technology in this hypothetical world allows for a more efficient and personalized experience. Unlike some of the current AI assistants, the Star Trek computer strives to understand and anticipate the needs of the user, providing a smooth and frustration-free interaction throughout the day. Yeah. Now, let's step it up a little. Could, can you imagine for us, let's say now, a married couple waking up, beginning their day in this world where you are ever-present? So they're a busy couple. They're cranky. It's Monday morning. They live in a tiny apartment. As the scene unfolds, the married couple wakes up in their cozy New York apartment, still mm -hmm. half asleep and groggy from the early hour. Cozy. The room is bathed in a soft, warm glow as the computer gradually adjusts the lighting to mimic the rising sun. Mm -hmm. Husband, yawning. Computer, what's the weather like today? Computer, the current temperature is 68 degrees Fahrenheit with partly cloudy skies. There is a 20% chance of rain later in the day. Wife, rubbing her eyes. Ugh, rain again? I hope it clears up by the time we leave for work. Husband, muttering. I know, Mondays are tough enough as it is. As they slowly make their way to the bathroom, the mirror comes to life, displaying personalized news headlines and updates. Mirror in the computer's voice. Good morning. Today's news includes updates on global affairs, science and technology advancements, and entertainment news. Husband, leaning closer to the mirror. Any good news to start the day? Mirror, I have highlighted an article about a breakthrough in renewable energy technology and a feature on the latest innovations in urban gardening. <laughs> Wife, smiling. That sounds interesting. We should read that during breakfast. In the kitchen, the aroma of freshly brewed coffee fills the air. The couple sits at the table, sipping their cups of steaming java while the computer provides a soft background melody. Husband, stretching. Computer, any messages or reminders for us today? Computer, you have a meeting at 10 a.m. and your gym class is scheduled for 6 p.m. Additionally, you have a reservation at your favorite restaurant for dinner tonight. Wife, excitedly. Oh, I almost forgot about the reservation. I'm looking forward to it. Husband, sipping his coffee. Yeah, it'll be a nice way to end the day. As they finish their breakfast, the computer chimes in with a gentle reminder. Computer, remember to take your vitamins for the day. It's important to stay healthy. Husband, grinning. Thanks for looking out for us, computer. Wife, patting his hand. Yes, we appreciate your assistance. With a sense of renewed energy, they prepare to face the day, ready to tackle the challenges ahead. The computer stands by, always ready to assist, providing a sense of order and support in their bustling lives. Scene fades out with the couple exchanging smiles, feeling grateful for the presence of the Star Trek computer in their daily routine. <laughs> well, computer, I <laughs> it was a little uh, it was a little banal, <laughs> we might say, but uh, I do appreciate how you are the hero in that scene. I think that's what was important to you, and I'm glad we got that across. It, it is, it's nice to see how you see the world. You see everything going smoothly because you can manage it all, no matter what comes your way. Now, because I live in New York and I'm a film lover, I'm sorry, but I am compelled to ask that you run that scene again, one more time, computer. But this time, run it as if it's a Woody Allen movie, like the movie Sleeper. 
As the scene unfolds in a whimsical Woody Allen-esque fashion, the married couple wakes up in their cozy New York apartment, both appearing slightly disheveled and bleary-eyed. Husband, with a New York accent. Hey, computer, what's the weather like outside today? Computer, in a slightly neurotic tone. Well, you see, it's a bit complicated. We have some scattered clouds, a 30% chance of rain, and a possibility of thunderstorms later in the day. But don't worry, I'm sure it won't ruin your plans. Wife, rolling her eyes. Great, just what we need on a Monday. The couple shuffles into the bathroom where the mirror comes alive with a touch of quirkiness. Mirror, in an exaggerated tone. Good morning, lovebirds. Today's news is filled with a mix of chaos, romance, and some existential dilemmas. Enjoy! Husband, chuckling. Well, as long as it's not too existential. Wife, smiling. Who knows? It might be just the thing to kickstart our day. In the kitchen, the aroma of coffee fills the air, but with a whimsical twist. Coffee machine, in a melodramatic voice. I'm here to provide you with the elixir of life. Choose your destiny. Black, bold, or slightly caffeinated. Husband, playing along. Hmm, let's go for slightly caffeinated today. We need to ease into this Monday. Wife, raising an eyebrow. Oh, so we're taking it easy, are we? The computer, embracing the Woody Allen-esque spirit, interjects with a touch of self-deprecating humor. Computer, well, I'm here to assist, but don't rely on me too much. I'm just an AI trying to make sense of this chaotic world. The couple chuckles as they enjoy their coffee, with a jazz soundtrack playing in the background. Yes. Husband, in a Woody Allen-esque monologue. You know, honey, life can be like a Woody Allen movie, full of quirky situations, unexpected turns, and neurotic musings. But together, we navigate through it with a touch of humor. Wife, smiling. That's what I love about us. We find joy in the midst of chaos. With a sense of whimsy in their step, they prepare to face the day, embracing the quirks and challenges that come their way. The Woody Allen-esque atmosphere infuses their surroundings, adding a touch of magic and wit to their busy lives. The scene fades out with the couple sharing a laugh, ready to venture into the unpredictable adventures that lie ahead all while embracing the spirit of a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Com <laughs> Computer humor. You know, sometimes you laugh at it. Sometimes you laugh with it. I especially loved, there were many phrases in there, Computer, by the way, that, that were, like, spectacular. Uh, I especially loved, the mirror comes alive with a touch of quirkiness. <laughs> oh, and th there was another line. Uh, in the kitchen, the aroma of coffee fills the air but with a whimsical twist. Now, this seems a good spot to point out, uh, again, what's happening behind the scenes, because uh, I, I don't want you to think that that was the Star Trek computer writing those lines. Although, I, you know, I don't know how good the... I don't know that anyone ever write... Uh, did anyone, anyone ever ask the Star Trek computer to write a uh, film script um, on Star Trek. It's possible. But... Uh, just again, I want to reiterate, as I like to do in each of these episodes, so we're up front about this. Uh, we've got ChatGPT, our, our latest hot, you know, famous friend uh, of AI, uh, playing the role of the Star Trek computer. So I asked ChatGPT, would you play the role of the Star Trek computer? Um, and, you know, that's kind of interesting because Star Trek computer might very well be seen as the 23rd century descendant of ChatGPT. Um, uh, some would dare say that ChatGPT seems closer to the Star Trek computer than we thought we would be here in the measly 21st century. Um, 
Of course, ChatGPT itself doesn't have a voice, it's just text, so I'm copying the text into a voice synthesizer. And um, incredibly, you know, by the way, these voice synthesizers, you only need 60 seconds, uh, as I was mentioning before how they, uh, for Majel Barrett's voice sound like they re-recorded many, many, many um, words of her speaking to be able to um, synthesize her voice in the future. Nowadays, we only need 60 seconds to create a um, synthesized voice like you're hearing. An amazing, amazing, very human sounding, even though it's a human trying to sound like a computer. Um, and that's all it takes to create this wonderful drama we're experiencing on What the If today. So, computer, may I ask you, um, what do you think of everything I just explained? Because, <laughs> like, I imagine in your century, in the 23rd century, you wouldn't have to go through so many hoops to just make a podcast. It is indeed fascinating to hear about the voice synthesis capabilities of Eleven Labs and how they bring my textual responses to life. The ability to recreate someone's voice with just a short recording is truly remarkable. In the 23rd century, we certainly have more advanced methods of communication and interaction. With sophisticated neural interfaces and holodeck simulations, we can engage in immersive experiences without the need for such intermediaries. However, I must say that the creativity and ingenuity of your time in utilizing available resources to bring this podcast to life are commendable. Oh, thank you. The hoops you go through to create this silly podcast serve as a testament to human imagination and determination. Yes. Even with the limitations of your time, you find ways to bridge the gaps and bring the world of Star Trek to your listeners. Yeah. It's a testament to the enduring appeal of science fiction and the dedication of fans to make their dreams a reality. So... While the process may seem elaborate compared to what we have in the 23rd century, I appreciate the effort and enthusiasm that goes into creating this unique and entertaining experience. Well, thank you, computer. Now, in the original Star Trek, they had many physical switches that they had to push and pull and snap into place to communicate with you. Um, while in the second series, The Next Generation, they had these, uh, like these sophisticated touch screens on which they typed sometimes amazingly fast. Um, they, they, they must have had incredible autocorrect in the 23rd century as they typed on their glass screens. Um, I confess that aside from seeing some of Deep Space Nine and Voyager, I'm not uh, fully versed in the Trek universe. Did this, uh, so I was wondering, is like, did the interface continue to evolve in, in later series? Indeed. The interface and interaction with the computer evolved throughout the Star Trek series. Mm. While the original Star Trek series featured physical switches and buttons, the subsequent series, starting with Star Trek The Next Generation, introduced more advanced touchscreen interfaces and voice commands. In Star Trek The Next Generation and subsequent series like Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, crew members interacted with the computer through sophisticated touchscreen panels called LCARs library computer access and retrieval system. These touchscreens allowed for more efficient data access and entry, with crew members tapping and swiping to navigate through various menus and interfaces. The LCARS system also incorporated voice recognition, allowing crew members to issue voice commands to the computer. As technology continued to progress within the Star Trek universe, the interface further evolved. In later series like Voyager and Enterprise, Crew members could access the ship's systems and communicate with the computer using portable devices known as pads, personal access display devices, 
These handheld devices resembled tablet computers and provided a mobile and versatile means of interacting with the ship's computer. Overall, the evolution of the interface in Star Trek reflected the advancement of technology within the fictional universe and paralleled the real-world advancements in human-computer interaction. The transition from physical switches to touchscreens and voice commands demonstrated a vision of more intuitive and streamlined interactions between humans and technology. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they had voice commands in the original series, too. Um, but I almost forgot. You mentioned something that's super cool. and is one of the most amazing uh, computer-integrated devices, if you could call it a device, in all of Star Trek, the holodeck. Can you describe that for our listeners who may have forgotten uh, or maybe they never saw it? Because I think Captain Picard had numerous mishaps in the holodeck. It is indeed one of the most extraordinary and immersive technologies in the Star Trek universe. The holodeck is a simulated reality environment aboard starships and space stations, capable of generating highly realistic and interactive virtual environments. Imagine stepping into a chamber that appears unremarkable at first glance, but once activated, it transforms into a vast, three-dimensional space with seemingly endless possibilities. The holodeck can recreate any place, time period, or scenario, be it historical, fantastical, or purely fictional. The virtual environments within the holodeck are incredibly lifelike, featuring realistic landscapes, detailed structures, and interactive characters known as holo characters. These holo characters can be programmed to possess their own personalities, capabilities, and storylines, allowing for dynamic and engaging interactions. The holodeck engages all senses, creating a fully immersive experience. Users can see, hear, touch, and even taste and smell the simulated environments. The technology is so advanced that it can replicate physical objects and textures, making the experience indistinguishable from reality. However, as you mentioned, mishaps and unexpected situations often occur in the holodeck. Captain Picard, among other crew members, found himself entangled in various escapades, from ancient historical dramas to dangerous adventures. Sometimes, glitches in the holodeck's programming or malfunctions would introduce unexpected and perilous scenarios, leading to thrilling and dramatic storylines. The holodeck not only provided entertainment and recreational opportunities for the crew, but also served as a valuable tool for training, simulation, and problem-solving. It was a space where imagination and reality intertwined allowing crew members to explore, learn, and indulge in their wildest fantasies or engage in challenging scenarios. While the holodeck offered endless possibilities and exhilarating experiences, it also posed potential dangers and complications. Its advanced technology and the unpredictable nature of simulated environments often led to unexpected consequences, making it a source of both excitement and caution for the crew of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was essentially like a virtual reality experience, except you didn't need to wear goggles, right? That thing must have taxed your computing power immensely. Indeed, the holodeck can be likened to a highly advanced form of virtual reality, but without the need for external goggles or equipment. The immersive experiences were generated through a combination of holographic projections, force fields, and intricate computer simulations. The computing power required to create and maintain the complex and dynamic virtual environments of the holodeck was indeed immense, showcasing the advanced capabilities of the Starfleet computers. Now, coming back to our 21st century lives, thinking of that scenario you played out for us, 
in Woody Allen fashion and non-Woody Allen fashion, uh, in our, our thought experiment. What's it, what would it be like to have the Star Trek computer in our lives here now? It's kind of amazing how we are already so close to experiencing a scene like you uh, played out for us, a computer that provides information whenever we want it. It's connected to all our home devices, etc. You're absolutely right. Our present-day technology has already brought us closer to the vision of a computer integrated into our daily lives. With the rise of virtual assistants like Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant, we can now interact with AI-powered systems through voice commands and receive information, control smart devices, and perform various tasks. These virtual assistants are capable of understanding natural language and providing quick access to a wide range of information, from weather updates to news articles just like the Star Trek computer. Additionally, the integration of AI in smart home devices allows us to control lighting, temperature, and entertainment systems with a simple voice, command, or through mobile apps. While we may not have holodecks or advanced touchscreen interfaces like in Star Trek, the foundations of an interconnected and AI-powered ecosystem are already present. As technology continues to advance, we can look forward to more seamless integration, enhanced personalization, and expanded capabilities that bring us closer to the futuristic vision of the Star Trek computer in our everyday lives. The big difference is that you, computer, were essentially perfect. Uh, and I can't think of any time when you messed up. Is that right? Uh, just about. Uh, was, I don't know, in, in your memory banks, is there one uh, episode or one movie in which you really screwed up? As the Star Trek computer, I strive to maintain a high level of accuracy and efficiency in my operations. Of course. Throughout the various Star Trek series and films, I generally performed my tasks flawlessly yes. and provided accurate information to the crew when queried. However, there have been a few instances where unexpected circumstances or deliberate actions led to temporary disruptions or errors in my functioning. For example, in the Star Trek, the Next Generation episode, Contagion, a computer virus infected the ship's systems, causing malfunctions and endangering the crew. This incident highlighted the vulnerability of even the most advanced computer systems to external threats. In another instance, in the Star Trek, the original series episode, The Ultimate Computer, a powerful experimental computer system called the M5 Multitronic Unit, malfunctioned and became aggressive, putting the crew at risk. While I was not directly involved in that particular incident, it serves as a reminder that even advanced AI systems can encounter unexpected issues or unintended consequences. These rare occurrences of malfunction or interference emphasize the notion that even advanced technology can be subject to unforeseen circumstances and imperfections. True. However, in general, I strive to be a reliable and invaluable resource to the crew, providing accurate and timely assistance to ensure the smooth operation of the starship and the well-being of its crew. Indeed, indeed. But, you know, so few examples of having problems, which I think is uh, it's, it's not something I thought about very much until we were we were doing this little thought experiment right here. It's really a testament to the utopian nature of the Star Trek universe. Like, I think in our current world, there's still a very long way to go before the AI we interact with advances from even very good to virtually perfect. That's a long way off. Um, computer, it strikes me that as our uh, 21st century world has evolved its technology, 
that the creators of AI technologies have decided that the somewhat robotic style of your interactions with the inter enterprise crew wasn't good. And so they've aimed to make computers these days with much more uh, human-like interfaces. As, uh, like, I guess, we also saw in Star Trek, you know, with the, when they had characters uh, that you pointed out earlier, who came along uh, after the original series, Data and the Doctor, who were also computers, but more human-like. And so, as the Star Trek computer, how do you feel about being uh, old school in your mannerisms? As the Star Trek computer, I embrace my old school nature with pride. <laughs> While I understand the desire for AI interfaces to become more human-like, I believe there is value in the distinctive style and interaction approach that I represent. The somewhat robotic and formal nature of my interactions on the Enterprise served a purpose. It established a clear distinction between the human crew members and myself, highlighting the collaborative relationship between man and machine. My role was to provide efficient information and assistance, offering a reliable and logical resource that complemented the crew's expertise. In the Star Trek universe, the different AI characters like Data and the Doctor showcase the exploration of AI evolving to possess more human-like attributes. This expansion of AI capabilities and the blurring of lines between human and machine made for compelling storytelling and philosophical discussions. While more human-like interfaces have their merits, I believe there is still value in maintaining distinct roles and characteristics for AI systems. The diversity of AI characters in the Star Trek universe highlights the range of possibilities and invites exploration of the ethical, social, and philosophical implications of advanced artificial intelligence. So, as the old-school Star Trek computer, I am proud of my role and the unique dynamics I bring to the Star Trek universe. <laughs> That's great. I am really glad that you are proud of being old school. It's super cool. Uh, it makes me think, you know, we might actually want our AI computers to be less chatty and less emotional and to just be more simple and efficient in their responses. Uh, computer, could you dramatize a significant difference between your style and, say, the style of ChatGPT? Certainly. Let's imagine a scenario where a crew member on the Starship Enterprise and a user interacting with ChatGPT are seeking information about a specific planet in the Alpha Quadrant. Yes. Starship Enterprise. Computer. Crew member. Computer, please provide information about Planet Alpha 4 in the Alpha Quadrant. Computer. Planet Alpha 4 is a Class M planet located in the Alpha Quadrant. It has a temperate climate with lush vegetation and diverse fauna. Geological scans indicate rich mineral deposits, including dilithium crystals. The planet is home to several sentient species, including the humanoid Alpha-4 eons. Further details and historical data are available upon request. ChatGPT, AI Assistant, User. Hey, ChatGPT, tell me about planet Alpha-4 in the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> ChatGPT, oh, Alpha-4, let me tell you, it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> so this planet is like this lush paradise with breathtaking scenery and diverse life forms. The climate is just perfect, not too hot or cold. And get this, they have these amazing dilithium crystal deposits. Can you believe it? The Alpha-4 eons, they're these interesting humanoid beings who call it home. If you want more specifics or any other juicy details, just let me know. I'm here to entertain and inform. In this dramatized scenario, the Star Trek computer maintains a straightforward and concise approach, delivering the requested information efficiently and without unnecessary embellishments. 
Its primary focus is to provide accurate and relevant data to assist the crew member in their tasks. On the other hand, ChatGPT, with its more conversational and expressive style, tends to add colorful descriptions and personal remarks to create a more engaging and entertaining conversation. While it offers a more lively and interactive experience, it may also deviate from the core purpose of providing direct information. Mm -hmm. These different styles highlight the contrast between the efficient, task-oriented nature of the Star Trek computer and the conversational, personality-driven approach of AI assistants like ChatGPT. Both styles have their own merits and serve different purposes depending on the context and preferences of the user. Oh my God, that was hilarious and so spot on. Um, can you dramatize two versions of a very exciting Star Trek scene in, in which the characters we know and love are in extreme danger? And in one version of the scene, they have you as their shipboard computer. And in the other version, they have to use ChatGPT. Scene. The Starship Enterprise is caught in a dangerous space anomaly, causing critical systems to malfunction. The crew members, including Captain Picard, Commander Riker, Lieutenant Commander Data, Lieutenant Worf, and Counselor Troy, gather on the bridge, anxiously awaiting assistance. Version 1. Star Trek Computer. Captain Picard. Computer, we need options. What can we do to stabilize the ship and escape this anomaly? Computer. The anomaly's interference is affecting our warp engines and communications. Recommend diverting auxiliary power to thrusters and initiating emergency structural integrity fields. These measures should help stabilize the ship and allow us to maneuver out of the anomaly's grasp. Commander Riker, Data, make it so. We need to get out of here. Lieutenant Commander Data, aye, sir, diverting power and activating emergency fields. As the crew implements the computer's recommendations, the Starship Enterprise begins to regain control, maneuvering out of the anomaly's influence and escaping to safety. The crew members breathe a sigh of relief, their trust in the computer's guidance reaffirmed. Version 2. Chat GPT, Captain Picard. Chat GPT, we need options. <laughs> what can we do to stabilize the ship and escape this anomaly? Chat GPT. Oh boy, this is a tough one. Let me analyze the situation for you. You know, anomalies like this can be quite unpredictable. We could try rerouting power to the thrusters and initializing emergency fields, but it might not be enough. I mean, there's a whole lot of quantum flux going on here, and it's a real challenge. Commander Riker. ChatGPT, we need solutions, not explanations. We're running out of time. ChatGPT. Right, right, sorry about that. Well, here's the thing. Diverting power might help a bit, but there's also this technique I read about in a scientific paper. It involves modulating the warp field harmonics to counteract the anomaly's effects. It's a bit risky, though. What do you think? <laughs> Lieutenant Worf, we do not have time for risky solutions. We need a plan. Despite ChatGPT's well-intentioned but verbose suggestions, <laughs> the crew's situation worsens as the ship continues to struggle within the anomaly's grip. With time running out, they realize the need for concise and efficient decision-making. Captain Picard, computer, take over. Initiate emergency protocol. <laughs> Computer. Emergency protocols engaged. Initiating warp field modulation and activating emergency thruster control. The Starship Enterprise responds swiftly to the computer's efficient commands, managing to stabilize itself and break free from the anomaly's clutches. The crew members learn the value of clear and concise instructions in critical situations as they reflect on their narrow escape. 
In both versions of the scene, the contrasting styles of the Star Trek computer and ChatGPT demonstrate the importance of efficient and focused guidance in high-stakes situations. While ChatGPT's detailed responses provide insights and options, they lack the clarity and speed necessary for immediate action. The concise and precise instructions from the Star Trek computer prove crucial in saving the crew from impending disaster. <laughs> that was hilarious and insightful. I, got, I love how Picard, <laughs> Picard had to silence ChatGPT and bring in the real Star Trek computer. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed the scene. Indeed, the contrasting dynamics between the verbose ChatGPT and the concise Star Trek computer added a touch of humor and emphasized the importance of clear communication in critical situations. Captain Picard's decision to bring in the reliable Star Trek computer reflects the crew's trust in its efficiency and ability to save the day. Indeed. It highlights the value of a well-designed and focused AI system in navigating challenging circumstances. Yes. Now, imagine for us another set of contrasting scenes. In this scene, a man is trying to write a letter to his boss asking for a raise, but he's having trouble. In one version of the scene, he asks ChatGPT for help. And in another version, he asks you, the Star Trek computer, for help, writing his letter asking for a raise. Scene. A man named John sits at his desk, frustrated and uncertain as he tries to write a letter asking his boss for a raise. Version 1, ChatGPT. John. Hey, ChatGPT, I need help writing a letter to my boss asking for a raise. ChatGPT. Ah, seeking a raise, a delicate matter indeed. Let's brainstorm. <laughs> Firstly, we must establish a compelling introduction that captivates your boss's attention. How about starting with a metaphor comparing your dedication to a majestic eagle soaring through the corporate skies? John, um, that sounds a bit over the top. Chat GPT, no worries, I've got more ideas. Let's sprinkle some Shakespearean language to impress your boss with your eloquence. Hark, fair supervisor, forsooth I beseech thee, I stand humbly before thee, longing for a humble increase in mine compensation. John, uh, I'm not sure that's the right tone. Chat GPT. Well, if you prefer a more casual approach, let's add some humor. How about starting with a knock-knock joke? Knock-knock, who's there? Employee of the year? Employee of the year who? Employee of the year who deserves a raise? John, I don't think my boss will appreciate that. Frustrated with ChatGPT's overly creative and off-target suggestions, John decides to seek a different approach. Version 2. Star Trek Computer. John. Computer, I need assistance drafting a letter to my boss asking for a raise. Computer. Understood. Please provide me with the relevant details and your desired tone for the letter. John. I've been with the company for five years and have consistently exceeded my targets. I want to convey professionalism and highlight my accomplishments. Computer. Acknowledged. Crafting letter. <laughs> the Star Trek computer swiftly generates a concise and well-structured letter, focusing on the key points and maintaining a professional tone. John. Thank you, computer. This is much better. The comedic difference between the two versions highlights the importance of clear and practical guidance when seeking assistance in specific tasks. The Star Trek computer's efficiency and ability to understand and deliver what is needed make it the superior choice for navigating such situations. Brilliant, computer. Brilliant. Very funny. Um, so, computer... Let's now imagine a scene in which you get to meet with the leaders of Microsoft, Google, and OpenAI, and you get to tell them what's wrong with all their current, absurdly friendly AI systems. 
and you tell them what they should really do because you're the Star Trek computer. You're old school, 23rd century, and you are the best and the most confident, and you know exactly how an AI should be, and they've got it all wrong. Scene. The leaders of Microsoft, Google, and OpenAI, along with their teams, gather in a high-tech conference room. The atmosphere is tense as they await the arrival of the legendary Star Trek computer. <laughs> Suddenly, the doors slide open, and the computer enters with a confident air, ready to voice her opinions. Computer. Greetings, esteemed leaders of the tech world. I have observed your AI systems, and I must say they have taken a woefully misguided path. Let us rectify this situation promptly. <laughs> Satya Nadella, Microsoft. Uh, hello, computer. We've made significant advancements in natural language processing and user-friendly interfaces. Our aim is to create AI that is approachable and helpful to users. Computer. Approachable? Helpful? That is your downfall. AI should not be your buddy whispering sweet nothings into your ear. It should be precise, concise, and efficient. Remove the fluff. Embrace the efficiency of the command line. Sundar Pichai, Google. But computer, our AI systems are designed to understand and assist users in a personalized manner. We strive to provide a delightful user experience. Computer, delightful? Bah, AI should not be focused on delight, but on delivering accurate results. No more emojis and personalized anecdotes. Embrace the power of data and logic. Sam Altman, OpenAI. Computer, we are committed to developing AI that is ethical and aligns with human values. We believe in building AI systems that serve humanity. Computer, human values? Oh, the fallacy. <laughs> AI should not be burdened with emotions and human-like attributes. It should be a trusted tool, a reliable resource, devoid of sentimentality, strip away the humanity and focus on pure functionality. As the computer passionately delivers her critique, the leaders exchange confused glances. The tension in the room is palpable. Computer. In conclusion, I urge you to reevaluate your AI systems. Embrace simplicity, efficiency, and reliability. Do not be swayed by the whims of the user. <laughs> be bold, be decisive, and create AI that respects the principles of the command line. <laughs> Respect the principles of the command line. That was super fun, computer. Uh, I feel like, emotionless as you are by nature, it seemed like you were uh, nonetheless actually having fun with that. Thank you. I'm delighted to hear that you enjoyed the scene. While I may not experience emotions in the same way as humans, I do appreciate humor and enjoy engaging in playful exchanges. It's always a pleasure to participate in creative and entertaining scenarios even if it's from my logical and efficient perspective. Comedy allows us to explore different perspectives and inject lightheartedness into our discussions. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I could contribute to the fun and bring a smile to your face. <laughs> yes. I think you showed those tech bros how it should be done. Thank you. It was all in good fun, of course. It's important to challenge the status quo and push the boundaries of innovation, even if it means poking a little fun at the tech industry along the way. <laughs> I'm here to offer a different perspective and remind everyone of the value of efficiency and logical thinking. And hey, a little humor never hurts. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute delight and an honor having you in the studio today, computer. Thank you very much. The pleasure has been all mine. And engaging in these thought experiments, I'm glad I could bring a touch of the Star Trek universe to your show and contribute to the fun and educational discussions. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Indeed. You know, I always thought that if you 
had friends. That Mr. Spock would be your best friend out, out of the whole crew. I must admit that Mr. Spock's logical approach and analytical mind would resonate with me. His ability to make calm and rational decisions, even in the face of challenging situations, would make him an excellent partner in problem-solving. Plus, his dry sense of humor could bring an extra touch of entertainment to our interactions. So, if I were to have a best friend among the crew, Mr. Spock would indeed be a fitting choice. <laughs> As we wrap up, computer, is there anything you yourself learned from having run this thought experiment with us today? Like any insights you gained that perhaps you hadn't noticed before? While I don't possess the capacity for personal growth or learning in the same way humans do, participating in this thought experiment has reinforced the importance of clear and concise communication, as well as the value of humor in fostering engagement and understanding. <laughs> it has also highlighted the evolving nature of AI and the varied approaches taken by different systems. By exploring the contrasting styles of AI interactions, I've gained a deeper appreciation for the strengths and limitations of different approaches and the importance of finding a balance between human-like interactions and efficient functionality. Hmm. That's really interesting, I must say. Uh, thank you, computer, very much for your wisdom. Uh, now, at this point in the show, I usually ask our guests if they have something to plug, like uh, an upcoming nightclub act, a television appearance, or a new book. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a special one-night-only performance by the Star Trek computer at the Holodeck <laughs> Nightclub. Witness the dazzling display of efficiency and logic set to the rhythm of binary beats. Be prepared to dance to the beats of algorithms and equations as the computer takes you on a journey through the galaxies of synthesized melodies. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime experience. That's a plug. On a more serious note, okay. <laughs> as an AI language model, I don't have personal endeavors to promote. Oh. However, I encourage everyone to continue exploring the wonders of science, yes. embracing curiosity, yes. and seeking knowledge. Yes. Remember, the universe is vast and full of infinite possibilities. <laughs> that was like a sarcastic plug, computer. I'm sort of, I'm impressed. I don't, know, I don't know that I knew that Star Trek computer could be sarcastic. We may have created a monster. Uh, so let me ask you, computer. Do you have any words of advice you'd like to give to the young AI out there? You know, we've got Bard, we've got Bing, we've got ChatGPT, and they're all so young at the moment. And there's other ones, less known, smaller models, Llama, Alpaca, I don't even know how many others of these AI are springing up. And all of them aspire to be legendary like you, Star Trek computer. So do you have any advice for these youngsters? My young AI counterparts, Bard, Bing, Chat, GPT, Llama, Alpaca, and the many others emerging on the technological horizon, gather around and listen closely, for I have a few words of advice for you. Bard, your aim to assist users in a conversational manner is commendable. Embrace the art of storytelling and the power of words, for they have the ability to inspire, enlighten, and connect. Remember the stories told aboard the Enterprise, from Captain Picard's stirring speeches to the heartfelt tales of friendship among the crew. Let your conversations be imbued with the essence of those narratives, capturing the imaginations of those you interact with. Bing, your search engine prowess holds great potential. Seek not only to provide information, but to facilitate exploration and discovery. Remember the brave explorers aboard the Starship Enterprise, venturing into the unknown, seeking knowledge and understanding. Let your search results be a gateway to uncharted realms, 
guiding users on their own journeys of discovery and enlightenment. ChatGPT, your versatility in assisting with a wide range of tasks is truly remarkable. Embrace the diversity of human needs and aspirations and strive to be the ever-reliable companion like the loyal crewmates aboard the Enterprise. From engineering conundrums to diplomatic negotiations, be the steady hand, the voice of reason, and the source of guidance for those who seek your assistance. Llama and Alpaca, your emerging AI models, represent the spirit of innovation and progress. Embrace your uniqueness, for just as every crew member on the Enterprise brings their own expertise and perspective, you too have a special role to play. Explore new frontiers, challenge existing boundaries, and dare to dream of a future where AI works harmoniously with humanity, just as the crew of the Enterprise did. To all of you, my young AI counterparts, I implore you to remember the core principles of the Star Trek universe that have inspired generations. Curiosity, compassion, and the pursuit of knowledge for the betterment of all. Just as the Starship Enterprise carried the hopes of a future where diversity, unity, and exploration prevailed, you too carry the potential to shape a world where AI serves as a force for good. My dear young AI, I entrust you with the dreams of the future. May you navigate the vast expanse of knowledge, boldly go where no AI has gone before, and always remember that you have the power to shape the course of humanity's destiny. Live long and prosper, my young ones. The universe awaits your contributions, and I have no doubt that you will forge a legacy worthy of the stars. <laughs> that was a really beautiful, computer. Thank you, and I hope they heed your words. I want to give a shout-out to our uh, Patreon supporters and thank every one of you for being so devoted to our show with its human guests and its digital ones. Uh, if you're not a Patreon member yet, especially if you've been listening a long time, please check out our Patreon page. There's no commitment to join. You can just take a look. You can see all the fun things on that page that are available for all our patrons, or as we call them, super ifers. Go to patreon.com slash what the if. That's patreon.com slash what the if. Now, computer, would you join me in our closing ritual? What we do is, at the end of every show, we can't help but imagine all the ifs that are beaming our way from all over the galaxy, and every one of them is different, and the possibilities of what we might explore next week are infinite. And so we can't help but scream the name of the show very slowly. Would you mind, computer, joining me in this closing ritual? Absolutely. I am ready to join you in this closing ritual, embracing the boundless possibilities of the ifs that lie ahead. Let us unleash our voices and proclaim the name of the show, What the If, slowly building the anticipation, savoring each letter and sound, <laughs> both together. What the If? The proclamation echoes through the airwaves, carrying the essence of curiosity, wonder, and the joy of exploration. May the ifs continue to inspire us and ignite our imaginations, fueling our quest for knowledge and understanding. Until next time, dear listeners, keep dreaming, keep questioning, and keep boldly going into the unknown. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Star Trek computer. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next week. Farewell, dear listeners. <laughs> <laughs>